The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Why is it so hard, as Wendy said, to try and imagine walking in someone else's shoes? Well, sometimes our lives, that we, the lives of people that we look at, we have nothing to identify with them. So maybe I see a homeless man on our Sydney streets and it's like I can't identify, first of all, by being a man. Weird bunch. No, sorry. So no, you not. But I can't identify being homeless. I can't identify having nowhere to put my head. Um, and so it's really hard to walk in someone's shoes if you've got no point of identification. Then there are other types that we can maybe understand a little bit and some we can understand a lot. How can we relate to people's lives different to our own? It doesn't mean they're always wrong. It just means that they're different. So Wendy's highlighted a few. You know, the single mums facing Christmas. How do we relate to that? What about the people that are bereaved and grieving? Can you identify with someone who's lost a loved one? How about someone that lives with alcohol or drug abuse or someone that's sick? or someone that is mentally challenged, someone that is struggling to overcome some sort of sin, simply people that don't know Jesus, maybe of different faiths to you, people whose marriages are struggling, whose kids are rebelling, who are financially struggling. In fact, anyone that's got a different scenario to you, how can we identify with that? I want to just very briefly this morning see in just a few points How can we walk in someone else's shoes? And the the first point I want to say is listen. Because every person's life tells a story. And if we listen, we get to understand the story that is behind people's lives. Now, on the screen, when we looked at the short care video, there were some stories there. And they began to give us insight of what it would be like not to have anything for Christmas. But if you look at TV, I mean, uh, although I hate most of TV, I love some of the stories on 60 Minutes and all of that where you begin to see another person's lifestyle and think, how would that be if I lived like that? And the person speaks out and we get an understanding of what it's like. Or you can read books, lots of books on what it would be like in another scenario to you. And so if we listen to people or to the media we begin to get an understanding of just what walking in their shoes is like. And then another point would be to imagine. Just And and Wendy asked us beautifully today, just imagine what it would be like. And for some of us, we can imagine quite easily. For others, it's hard. And so rather than imagine if that's hard for you, why don't you ask them? Have you ever thought of sitting next to maybe a homeless guy and saying... Can you tell me what it's like to live on the street? Do you know that most people going through a hard scenario are very willing to talk to those that are genuinely interested? So as one of my roles as a chaplain, I try not to ignore people in wheelchairs. And so if they're in the wheelchair, and I think it's probably an appropriate context, you know, it's private, whatever, I just say, gee, you've got a story. What, What happened to you? And they're so willing to just share that maybe even if I'm not wearing it, anything to do with chaplaincy, they don't know who I am, but they'll start telling me their story. Why? Because people are very interested in sharing the story with people that want to know. So you can try that. Just ask them. So listen, try to imagine. 
But a point that really helped me is that many, many years ago, I said, God, I want to know what it's like, so please let me look through your eyes and let me feel with your heart. That was the, the prayer of my heart. God, let me see people as you see them. Let me feel for them as you feel. You know, that's a scary prayer, but a great prayer. Because I was raised in a nice family, nice middle-class family. Mom and dad are here. I was loved. Was my world perfect? No, there was lots of stuff. I mean, my, I don't know how many of you know, but my brother was in hospital for five years. My parents had to go through that. And so we, we went through stuff and, and whatever, but I, I didn't, I couldn't identify with living in an alcoholic home. I couldn't identify living in a broken home. I, I couldn't identify with so much. And so I said, God, give me eyes, give me a heart. And for people that looked ugly, you know, I, I, whose scenario, scenarios were ugly and maybe they were presenting ugly, maybe they were smelly, maybe they were, they were broken. And I'd say, God, how do you look at these people? And as I began to pray that prayer, I began to look past them. And I would see a homeless man on the street. And I'd say to John, he's someone's son. What if it was my son? He's someone's father. What if that was my father? And that compassion then would rise up for me wanting to go across and can I buy you a coffee or something like that. And then, you know, in all the scenarios that I've gone, especially with chaplaincy now, and there are interesting people that I meet. And as I look at them, it's like, Oh, even though you smell and you haven't got a tooth in your head and you're yelling and swearing at people, you could be my mother. So how would I want someone to treat you if you were my mother? Because that's the way I want to treat you. And that's the way that God will work on your eyes and your heart if you're willing to pray the prayer, which you're going to pray at the end of this. Lord, give me your eyes and give me your heart. And the story of the prodigal son absolutely is, is beautiful about the heart of God. I think most of you know it, and so because of time, I'm not going to go through it, but let me tell you it. So a man has two sons. The youngest one gets his inheritance, goes away, squanders the whole lot, loses his money, and ends up working looking after pigs, which is abhorrent for a Jewish person. He's in the pig pen, and he's looking at the pig food going, even the pig food looks good. That's how, how bad he'd fallen. And he was there, and he said, I need to go home to my father. But I don't know how my father's going to think about me. I've wasted all our money. I'm a mess. I've broken our Jewish rules. So, but I want to go home to dad. And I'll tell dad, I'll be a servant. Just let me come. Let me live under your roof. I'll, but I'll be a servant. You don't have to treat me as a son anymore because I'm so unworthy. And so he goes home. And the, the Bible in Luke 15 has a beautiful picture of the father Maybe each day he would be waiting for the sun to appear. Because we're told that as the, as the sun approached, it says the father girded up his, because he's with the long things, he, he hitched them up and he went running towards his son. Now he broke the norms because a wealthy father wouldn't do that. But he did, and he ran to his son and he said, the Bible says that as they got together, he he just throws his arms around him and, and he kisses him and embraces him and welcomes him back home. Why? Because the heart of the father was, I don't care where you've been, how broken you are, you are my son. 
And there was no, yes, you can work as a servant. It was, you are my son. I'm throwing a party. And he did. He threw a party for the prodigal that had come home. Why? Because his heart was always there with his son. And that is the heart of God. You know, when God looks at a homeless person in the street, he's going, you weren't created for that. You were created with a destiny and a purpose. And something has broken your life. But I love you. And if that homeless person just starts to reach out to God, God is there. But God needs hands and feet to be there. And that's why we are here. Because the church is described as his body. And we can go with our hands and our feet and our mouth and our eyes and our heart and our money and our gifts to show love to all the different scenarios that God is going, but I love you, I love you. You know, and you think of the worst case scenarios, maybe scenarios that you, you don't like yourself and you think, oh, I couldn't stand working with that or, or being in that. And yet God's heart is going, but they're people. They're people. And but for the grace of God, it could be you. What if you were the ones born into an alcoholic family? Or you're the kid that got beaten up as you were growing up. And I'm sure in a, you know, a church this size, you can identify with that and go, I was the one beaten up. I was the one in a single family. Well, then you easily got compassion to other people in those situations. But what about, you know, other What about the very wealthy kids who are, they've got everything and they're brats because maybe they've got all the money in the world, but they haven't got love. Or maybe they've never been taught manners. So can we love those that look bad and those that look brilliant, but still broken heart? How many of you business people are out there and your colleagues, they look so whole, but you scratch on the surface and, and just below the surface is an ache in their heart. What do I do with my teenage son? What do I do with my marriage? And so there are people all around us that God says, will you look with my eyes, look with my heart, and then we can reach them in the way that God has intended. What are some of the things we need to do? We need to give acceptance to people and not judgment. We're not the judge. And so when we see a life that's broken sitting in the curb, it's not like... Well, get up and get yourself a job, which I've thought sometimes, you know, when they've got, uh, I need five cents for, to go home on a train or something. It's like, well, why don't you just go and sweep the floor? Maybe that person is incapable or maybe never been shown. And so it's like, oh, God, forgive me for judging. I don't know his story. I leave the judging up to you. I'll just do what I can to help someone like that. They need our acceptance and our help. They need practical help. They need time. A listening ear, this is across all scenarios now, encouragement, finances, and just being there. That's the way we can really walk in another's shoes and think, what would they need? How can I meet that need? And I just love, and I want to close with this thought, that God proved his love to us by sending Jesus to walk in the shoes of humanity. Let's have a look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Let's read this together. In your relationships with one another, I love the way it starts there. It is talking about, hey, the way you relate to each other, walking in each other's shoes, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. 
I mean, that is amazing. None of us have an excuse to reach out to somebody because Jesus sort of blew that excuse out the water. Instead, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance. And I added this bit. He walked in our shoes, didn't he? He became human so he could not only identify with us, but then also help us as we go through stuff. So in Hebrews it says we have a high priest who has been tempted like we are, yet without sin. So he can help us through, through the hard stuff. And then it says of Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. This is why God has given him an exceptional honor, the name honored above all names, that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and in the world below will kneel and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's another verse that says, For the joy that was set before Jesus, and the joy was us becoming his friends, it says, because of that joy, he endured the cross. And when he was on the cross, he was thinking, I have to do this. It's the only way I can restore broken humanity back to my father. And he was willing to do that. He was willing to go from being God the Son in heaven with angels at beck and call, in holiness, in purity. He was willing to become a human and to grow up in a human world and then to suffer all the stuff he suffered in his three years of ministry And then to suffer a terrible death on the cross, agony physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, as he became sin. He did that to restore broken humanity back to himself. That's for you. That's for me. And the call of God's heart today is, yes, the challenge is for us, you know, the bulk of the church. Let's think of others at this season and beyond this season. Let's walk in their shoes and try and reach out with compassion because that will motivate us to reach others. But his call also is, if you're without relationship with God, he's the father looking to see if the prodigal son is coming home or the prodigal daughter. And he's the one going, I don't care how broken you are. I don't care what you've done. I'm there for you. And I love it, you know, as I look around this room and know the stories in this room. I know some of you have come from absolute brokenness. And yet God has restored you and made something beautiful of your life. I love one of Maggie's friends that you took the hamper to last year. Her situation has changed this year. And she said to Maggie, I am now going to donate to the hamper appeal because this year we're fine. But last year it was beautiful for them. Isn't that beautiful? I just love the way that scenario has changed. And Sonia's, you know, wanting to contribute. She had the hamper last year. She's in a better position this year. That's what God's all about. He's about restoring broken lives, changing our scenarios so we don't remain broken and helpless. But wouldn't it be fabulous if every single family that is represented here next year is sitting in our church going, we were there this year, we can now buy for others. Wouldn't that be awesome? When you deliver the hampers, do it with love. And when you look at them, go, oh, this is not what God wants you to stay like. God has so much potential for you. He wants you to rise up and reach the destiny that he has placed in your life. But 
broken people need someone just to take their hand and minister to them in wisdom and love and compassion. And that's the call that God has for us as a church and for you if you're here broken too. He's saying, don't stay there. Jesus Christ came to do the death on the cross, but he didn't stay a broken, dead man in a tomb. He's now the one that is the name above all names. And he's the one that walks with us every day. He's the one that will give you his eyes and his heartbeat for those people that you see. Not only that, he's the one that will supply to you to give to others. And if you've got a heart that says, God, I want to give more, more, more. He says, if I can trust you with it, okay, let's, let's start going. But he may not start you with $5 million. He may say, okay, here's 50 bucks. Now let's see what you do with that. And if you go, oh, 50 bucks, oh, okay, I did pray that prayer for more, God, but I'm going to spend it on my own shoes. Okay, may stick with 50 bucks. But if you go, I dare to pray for 100 bucks to come in, Lord, for something, and it comes in and you use it what he wants you to, he'll go, I can trust you. I'll give you some more. And you just become a channel for what God wants to do. But I do love the fact that if you're a channel, he also cares for the channel. And he will bless you more than you could ever ask. To the point if he'll give you the desires, even your thoughts of your heart, if they're good, he starts to give you that. Why? Because he just can't help himself. He's a God that loves to bless his kids. So why don't we pray? Just shut your eyes for a moment. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that this morning, Lord, your, your heartbeat to help others has just been seen right across this service. Lord, as we've thought of many different types of scenarios and different people's worlds, Lord, we as your body want to be able to reach into every world, the world of the broken, the world of the military, the world of the wealthy, the world of those in pain, the world of those in happiness. We just want to be able to do that, to be your eyes, to be your heart, to be your hands, to be your feet, to be your mouth. Lord, we're so glad you've chosen us to be your body in this world. And we're so glad we don't do it alone. Lord, just speak to us now, I pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 